Every year in my town, there's this fantastic crafts in the park. It's always the day before Mother's Day, so it's fun to go and shop and get lots of cool stuff. At any rate, I came across One Earth Body Care, and it changed my life. Now, you may think I'm being hyperbolic, but I'm not. I am extraordinarily smelly, and I have tried every natural deodorant under the sun. Nothing has worked except for their fantastic natural deodorant. They have a variety of scents. They are non-greasy, cream-based formula, baking soda-free. Magnesium hydroxide keeps odor at bay, and let me tell you, it sure does. Organic and gentle, and they have wonderful, enchanting essential oil aromas. My favorite is vanilla rose, there's vanilla spice, lavender lime, lemongrass, cedar, sage. They also have wonderful shampoo bars, changed my daughter's life. Her hair looks amazing and conditioner bars. They have wonderful salves for dry skin and so much more. So please check them out at oneearthbodycare.com. So glad you're listening to Health Power. If you've listened to the show over the years, you've probably heard me talk about my best friend, Dave, who took care of his took care of his ailing parents for 10 years, and then my brother, who took care of my mom the last nine months of her life, and I saw the toll that it can take on a caregiver. So during World Alzheimer's Month, Home Instead is calling attention to the connection between healthy habits and brain health and encouraging caregivers to prioritize their needs. There's growing evidence that suggests that people can reduce their risk of cognitive decline by adopting key lifestyle changes. So this is important for everybody. Major changes, as we all know, can feel overwhelming to those caring for loved ones. So today, the wonderful Dr. Laken Eichenberger is back, and she's going to share some simple steps even the busiest caregivers can incorporate to prioritize themselves. I encourage everyone to try these, whether you're caregiving or not. Let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Eichenberger. She has dedicated her career to educating professionals, families, and communities on how to navigate the unique challenges older adults and family caregivers face. She is a seasoned public speaker and expert on aging issues, appearing on conference stages such as Aging in America and Meals on Wheels, and programming such as Dr. Oz, Dr. Phil, and the Hallmark Channel's Home and Family Show, and many more. And I'm thrilled to have her back on Health Power. Hi, Dr. Eichenberger. I told you at the beginning I'm bad with names. How are you today? I'm good, Lisa. How are you? I'm good. I'm so glad to have you on. You know, right now, my father-in-law is... We thought it was dementia. He's 90. And he got diagnosed with Parkinson's recently, and he's having hallucinations. And I don't know if you know much about this, but yesterday he wouldn't go down to Brett. He is in a place. He was, well, he, it's a long story. He was in assisted living. We had him at home. Then he was in assisted living. Now he's in the hospital because he's very weak and had a bladder infection. That's cleared up. But he's like, oh, I can't eat breakfast because I'm holding a baby. And I'm wondering if, if just this is like completely just a personal question, have you heard of that with um, Parkinson's, especially with somebody who's 90? And is, is that different than dementia? Because somebody else might be dealing with this too. Yeah. Well, commonly we will see somebody who has a Parkinson's diagnosis also develop Lewy body dementia. The two often go hand in hand. And some of the hallmark symptoms of Lewy body dementia are hallucinations or delusions. And specific to Lewy body, they see uh, pets 
and children. So it's not surprising at all to me that he is saying he's holding a baby. And so some great approaches to that could be, oh, well, let me take the baby for you. And then I'll, I'll hang on to the baby while you go eat breakfast. Because to them, it's very real. While we might not be able to see it. Uh, And so that's one way you kind of step into that person's reality um, and and make them feel comfortable and acknowledge that what you're seeing um, is valid to you, even though I might not be seeing it. Um, So that's just one quick little insight on on the two. Again, they often go here. Could you say the name again? Because what's so interesting is he keeps seeing his nephews. He'll be like, oh, the boys are here. And my brother-in-law is like, no, dad, they're here with me. He's like, no, they're right here. Wow. Yeah, it's called Louis body dementia. And there's actually an entire association dedicated to that type of dementia, the Louis body dementia association. Uh, And they have a great website. And Lisa, I'll make sure to send you that website in show notes or whatnot, uh, because a lot of families just don't know that that resource exists. And they have so many great tools and resources, support groups, um, so that families can become educated and know how to best respond to those types of comments. Because, you know, um, saying, well, that's not true. It can yeah. sometimes be uh, demeaning to that person right. uh, because to them, again, it is their reality. And so there's just going to be some creative approaches that families can take to answer those types of, of um, those comments um, that, that acknowledge, oh, okay, well, uh, I hope that you're having fun with your nephews if they're over there. Those kinds of questions or um don't you just love how, how Johnny is involved in soccer? He's doing yeah. so well. Let me tell you more about his soccer. So you can kind of uh, oh, redirect wow. the conversation uh, while, again, acknowledging what they're experiencing is real. Oh, that's so And I just have one more question. Yeah. Uh, they want to put him on Seroquel to help with the hallucinations. Is that something you've heard of before, which is an antipsychotic? You know, um, well, I'm not a medical doctor. I'm a PhD, so I, right. I can't give any medical advice, but I know okay. that there are some medications that can address some symptoms related to various types of dementia. So it's really important to ask the healthcare provider, okay, what are um, the side effects potentially? How could it interact with the other medications he's taking? Um, because, you know, if the delusions and hallucinations are not bothersome, if they're not causing him stress and anxiety, adding another medication could potentially be more cumbersome because of the side effects than if we as a family or a care team can find unique ways to uh, redirect when he is hallucinating or having those delusions. And so, um, again, that's something you want to talk to the healthcare provider about, but really understand what are going to be the implications of that medication. Because um, for some people, it does help, especially if their hallucinations are distressing, like somebody's in the home, they're trying to hurt me. Um, those kinds of, of hallucinations can be, again, um, stressful to the person, stressful to the caregivers. And so maybe right. in those types of situations, it is the best case scenario. But uh, for others, it's just kind of these pleasant hallucinations that are, yeah. seem odd in the moment, but you can find ways to um, to work with them. Now with regular, I don't know if I should call it regular Alzheimer's, but with Alzheimer's, do these kinds of things happen or is, give us a little bit for people who, you know, have heard these different terms, they get a little confused between Alzheimer's and dementia. Now the yes. Louis. Louis body, body dementia, so, yes. Yeah. So yeah. dementia is really an overarching term. I like to describe it as an umbrella term. Uh, it really describes uh, symptoms um, 
uh, of memory loss, and there are different types of dementia. So Alzheimer's is the most common. It affects about 60% of people with all types of dementia, and that's why we hear about it so often, 60 to 80% actually. Uh, and then Lewy body dementia is another form. And then another common one that you'll often hear, especially in the news right now, because Bruce Willis is experiencing oh, yes. it, is FTD, frontal temporal degeneration or frontal temporal dementia. Uh, and then you can have a mixture of multiple types of dementia because there's also vascular dementia. And that's often caused by maybe a stroke uh, or loss of blood to the brain over an extended period of time. So some people will have Alzheimer's plus vascular dementia as a mixed type of dementia. So it is very confusing, all the terminology. Um, but if your loved one has dementia, likely they have a specific type of dementia. Maybe it hasn't quite been diagnosed. But why it's important to figure out the type is because some of the symptoms differ. So you had asked, you know, in Alzheimer's, do people have hallucinations and delusions? Uh, and, and in Alzheimer's, sometimes they do. Uh, but it's not... Um, not as common as probably a Lewy body dementia. And the thing that's so unique about dementia is everyone's symptoms are so different. If, uh, the saying in our in our uh, field is if you've met one person with dementia, you've met one person yeah. <laughs> because it impacts everyone uh, a little bit differently. But there are, again, some of those common signs and symptoms. So again, it's so important to research the type of dementia and the best ways to uh, care for someone or to react to those symptoms that they're experiencing. Absolutely. Well, tell us a little bit about Home Instead. Yeah, well, Home Instead, we're an in-home care provider. Uh, so we have 1,200 locations across the globe or in 12 states or countries uh, in all 50 states uh, here in the U.S. And we provide in-home care. So a lot of times we come alongside families and help support them and their loved one, whether they have a form of dementia or they're just uh, aging and, and have some um, some needs that they need a little extra support for. So things like bathing, grooming, restroom assistance. We can help run errands, take them to doctor's appointments. We can do light housekeeping and meal preparation. And we also specialize in Alzheimer's and dementia care. So on the topic today, uh, we, we train our care professionals on, you know, what is dementia? What is Alzheimer's? What are these signs and symptoms? How can you best provide care to somebody who is living with this disease? So, um, you know, at homeinsaid.com, you can do a quick zip code search to find a location near you. But that's what we do is try to keep people at home safe, independent as long as possible. But we can also go into community settings as well. Oh, that's great. Now let's talk about some of those steps that even the busiest caregivers, and I'm saying everyone, <laughs> can <Yes>. incorporate <laughs> to prioritize themselves. The first one is exercise to promote cardiovascular health. Yes. Yeah. You know, when we think about brain health, uh, we often pay a lot of attention to the health of our rest, the rest of our body, but not necessarily our brains. And so, as you mentioned, there's so many things we can do um, in our 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and even beyond to um, help reduce our risk of any sort of cognitive decline later in life. So exercise, that is one of the best things we can do for our brain. And you don't have to start with an elaborate exercise plan or workout routine. Um, you know, the uh, American uh, College of Medicine, they recommend 150 minutes per week. So if you think about it, that's like five 30-minute segments. Uh, while mm -hmm. that can still be a little overwhelming, my best tip to caregivers is make it a goal to get out once a week for a walk, 
walking is free. Uh, in many parts of the country right now, it's still beautiful out. Get outside in nature, take a 30 minute walk around the block, maybe even do it with a friend to get some social engagement, accountability, um, and, and just get your body moving. And so sometimes I say, you know, don't even focus on the word exercise, just get moving get up and move throughout the day. And it might be in little increments, but anything is better than nothing when it comes to exercise. Oh, absolutely. You know, I have some injuries and so I can walk, but I can only walk for about 30 minutes and I can't walk fast. So I'm always like, I'm not getting my heart rate up. I'm not getting my heart rate up, but it's still important to do. Mm -hmm. I just got to find something else to get my heart rate up. But even if you're (laughs) not, it's still okay to just, as long as you're moving. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you don't have to do only aerobic exercise. You know, balance and stretching exercises are great, especially as you get older, uh, because we tend to lose our muscle mass. And so anything we can do for strength, flexibility um, is going to go a long way in terms of keeping us healthy, uh, prevent falls, which we know in the older population is uh, very common. And so whether it's doing yoga or Tai Chi or, or doing some strength exercises with weights or resistance bands, you can kind of switch it up. Um, And what's so incredible is, you know, after COVID, there's a plethora of online uh, workout routines or videos that you can find on YouTube. Um, Some of them are like five or 10 minutes long. And, you know, as a busy caregiver, those seem like more manageable activities than, you know, an hour long workout class. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The next one is eat right to fuel the brain. Yes. And we know there's no magic bullet when it comes to nutrition and dementia. But what we do know um, is that a healthy diet, um, a lot of times the Mediterranean diet can be really good for our brains. So that's uh, a diet that's rich in fruits and vegetables and lean meats and healthy fats like olive oil and and reducing the amount of of sugar that we're taking in, especially that processed sugar. Uh, And so while caregivers might feel like Again, I don't want to overhaul my whole entire eating routine and habits. (laughs) You know, if you would just can spend maybe a couple minutes chopping up some veggies at the start of your week, put them in little baggies. That way you have kind of quick grab and go fruit and veggie snacks uh, to enjoy. That can just be one simple way that you can start to incorporate one or two more servings of vegetables in your weekly um, kind of meal plan uh, to help, again, fuel your brain with some really great healthy foods. And I personally, I love berries, strawberries, blueberries, and those are great packed with antioxidants that we know is so good for our brain. So even if you just buy one more package of strawberries or blueberries each each week, that could be a great simple way to start as a caregiver. Yeah. And buy them frozen and throw them in a smoothie. Exactly. Absolutely. Now the next one is sleep and relax. Yes. I think we underestimate the value of sleep. And as a caregiver, it can be really hard to get a good night's sleep, especially if you're you're worrying about a loved one or your loved one gets up a lot during the night to use the restroom, something of that sort. But we know that during sleep, that's the time our brain gets rid of the gunk. It kind of filters out um, any sort of toxins. And, and so the more quality sleep we can get, the better it is for our brain uh, over our life course. And so, you know, it's recommended that we get seven to nine hours each night. While that can seem impossible uh, for some, you know, a few quick tips for caregivers is you could start to just decide, I'm going to try maybe at 10 p.m. each night 
to turn off all electronics in the home and start my wind down routine. Because sometimes if we're on our phones or we're watching TV, the light from those devices, uh, it continues to stimulate our brain even after we close our eyes to go to sleep. And another thing that caregivers can do is simply just wear an eye mask to block out any ambient light. Because if you think about it, even the light from the alarm clock could, again, um, be keeping us from that deep sleep that we know is so good for our brain. So, you know, those are a couple quick little tips to help you have a little bit higher quality sleep because, again, it's so, so important. Oh, yeah, it makes such a difference. Uh, The next one is maintain social connections. Yes, we know socialization is so good for the brain. And as we get older, we're at a higher risk of isolation and loneliness. You know, during the pandemic, we all got a little taste of what it's like to be isolated. And wow, I mean, can you imagine that being your day to day? Mm. Um, And so as we go through life, it's important to maintain those social connections. Uh, We can have intergenerational connections. Uh, We can have, you know, it's, it's actually not about the quantity of the connections. It's really about the quality. So even if you have just a small group of friends or family that you interact with regularly, um, that is still going to give you great benefits. Uh, But you can also consider connecting with others, especially caregivers. It can be very isolating. So even connecting with other caregivers through a support group or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in person or online can be a great way to create social connection. And you could also combine some of the other brain healthy tips with social connection. So I mentioned earlier, go on a walk with a friend or have someone over and have a healthy meal together. Um, So, you know, just those regular social connections. And for caregivers, again, you feel like I don't even have time in my schedule. Maybe start by trying for one quality social connection per week. And again, you could incorporate that with another brain healthy activity. And that could just be a great way to start, um, you know, ensuring that you're continuing to be socially connected. Absolutely. And of course, not just because I'm a dog fanatic, but if you can have a dog, perhaps a dog that is a type of breed that doesn't need a ton of exercise, but still needs to be walked, (laughs) that can help too, both for social connection and for getting out. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I I failed to mention that you don't, social connection can happen with your furry friends as well. Yes. Uh, pets can be a great uh, form of social connection. We see so many great benefits of being a pet owner. Or if you can't own a pet, maybe you regularly play with the neighbor's pet or go visit the animal shelter yeah. or even just go to a dog park and watch the interactions. Um, and that way you don't, you don't have the responsibility of home ownership or pet ownership, pardon me, which might be challenging for an older older adult uh, or challenging for a caregiver just because you have all these other folks in your life to take care of, but you can still get great benefits. Right. Yes. And I'm sure cats are lovely. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I'm like a hardcore dog person, but cats are lovely. Yes. I mean, whatever makes you happy. I definitely encourage you get that type of pet. All right. The next one is engage your brain. Yes, absolutely. You know, um, when we think about our brain health, it is important to engage our brain and it's never too late to learn something new. So if we can continue to be curious, to learn new things, try new things uh, throughout our life course, it's going to be so good for our brain. Um, They say learning a language is actually one of the greatest kind of ways you can learn, but that can again seem very overwhelming. Uh, So you can also just maybe if you're, even if you're a caregiver, learning new ways techniques, resources to help you in your caregiving journey, that can be 
you know, something so beneficial, not only to learn something new, but also help you along your caregiving journey. Um, or, you know, if you've always um, wanted to learn more about a certain subject, watching a documentary or reading a book about it, just staying curious, continuing to learn, um, even those kind of brain games, Sudoku, Wordle, all of those things are great, but you want to kind of switch up those games. You, um, you know, there's, there is benefit to doing the daily crossword, but there's also great benefit to switching that up with another type of brain game as well. Oh, that's really good to know. All right. Lastly, take a positive approach to stress management. Yes. I think we all deal with a lot of stress in our everyday life. Um, but it really oh, yeah. is. How do we manage it? Uh, are we managing it in a healthy way? in a positive way. And family caregivers undergo a lot of added stress and strain just due to the, the role that they're playing yeah. in the life of their loved one. And so, um, you know, it, it could seem overwhelming to, you know, do like a 30 minute meditation, but maybe you just take five minutes right. to meditate or even just one minute to do three deep breaths in a moment of stress and strain or mm -hmm. to journal your thoughts or feelings, or to engage with a, a mental health counselor, um, just to help manage all of the emotions that you're facing as a caregiver. And so many mental health services exist online now too, because um, you know family caregivers might think, I don't have time to drive somewhere. Well, you can just log online and get some mental health counseling very easily in today's day and age. So, you know, managing that stress, also just trying to kind of live in the present as hard as that can be. Yeah. You know, as a caregiver, a lot of times you're thinking, okay, worst case scenario, what if this happens? What if that happens? And that can create a lot of, um, you know, um, uh, stress and strain that's not necessary. You're kind of right. pre-suffering, if you will. Um, and so if you can live in the present, try to enjoy uh, the time that you're spending with your loved ones or enjoy your exercise or enjoy a good meal, live in the present. That can also go a long way in helping to manage that stress. You know, I'm a big fan of support groups and there's plenty of online support groups that people can join as well. Absolutely. Especially in the Alzheimer's and dementia spaces. Um, I mentioned the Louis Body Dementia Association earlier. They have great support groups. So does the Alzheimer's Association on their website, as well as the Frontal Temporal Dementia Association. And then there's a great group called HFC, Hilarity for Charity, was started by Seth Rogen, the actor, and his wife, oh. Lauren Miller Rogen. They have some great online support groups as well. And what I love about theirs is they... Um, they have some for younger folks because we know that not everyone living with Alzheimer's or dementia is over the age of 65. We're seeing more people under the age of 65 with dementia. And so a lot of times their caregivers are younger. Um, so that group um, can provide support for those in that, that younger age group, which sometimes it's hard to find. Oh, that's great. Well, Dr. Eichenberger, was there anything else you wanted to add today? Of course, I want the information, how we can find you and home instead, but anything else that we, is there something we didn't touch on that you'd like to talk about? You know, I think um, when, we, when we think about brain health, just start small. It can right. seem overwhelming, but if we're able to just implement a few things throughout our day-to-day -day life, it's going to go a long way in helping to protect our brain health. And one last thing for caregivers, I would say is Make sure you're taking care of your overall physical health. Because sometimes caregivers put their own needs on the back burner. Oh, they yeah. make sure their loved one gets to every one of their doctor's appointments. They make sure their loved one takes all of their medication, but they fail themselves to get to their own appointments and address their own health needs. And, you know, I, I talked to a caregiver once and she said, after my mom passed, it took me about five years to get back to health in my own body. 
because she had failed to, um, you know, keep up with just her chronic conditions. And so I don't want that for caregivers. I want them to, along their caregiving journey, also be taking care of themselves. And, and, you know, the the term self-care gets overused, uh, but one of my good friends, uh, April Ibarra, she's a fellow gerontologist. She said, let's call it survival care because oh, that's you nice. need to survive as a caregiver to continue to care for your loved one. And those are really important aspects of survival care is, is your own health care. So um, just caregivers, if you're out there, please connect with us at Home Instead. Our website, homeinstead.com has great resources. Our YouTube page has a recording of a main a maintain your brain webinar that I did. Uh, it's awesome. about an hour long and it dives deeper into each of these categories that we did. And then I also have a podcast as well called Caregiver Chats. Um, oh, so people, nice. if they want more caregiving tips, they can follow uh, Caregiver Chats on their favorite podcast app. Oh, well, I always love having you on Dr. Eichenberger. You're, you're just such a wealth of knowledge. And thank you so much for helping me at the beginning. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Because my husband, the reason I asked right away is because my husband's actually visiting him right now. So when we're finished, I'm going to text him uh, a link to Louie. How do you spell that? L-E-W-Y, body, like our physical body, dementia. Dementia. Uh, And and then the association, L-B-D-A, Louie Body Dementia Association.org. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. This will be really helpful. You're, You're fabulous. Thank you so much. And everybody, please check me out at Lisa Davis MPH on TikTok and Instagram. And don't forget that if you love my dog-eared episodes that are on the same platform, it's now a part of the Bully Girl Magazine podcast. So please follow me over there. Stay here for Hell Power. Go over there for uh, the Bully Girl Magazine podcast and all your favorite interviews with authors who write books about dogs and so much more. All right. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. And we would appreciate it if you could please rate and review and leave a comment because the more you engage, with our podcast, the more you will find it and help other people find it wherever they listen to their podcast. So be sure to follow us. I'm at Andrea Donsky and at Naturally Savvy and Lisa at Lisa Davis MPH. Thank you so much. And please share this episode because the more you share shows you care. We'll see you next time.